Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Peace Family is 19 Keys with the 19 Keys Podcast. You're listening to a high-level conversation. Tap in. All right, a word from one of our sponsors. Make sure you tap into Goldwater Products. After you come listen to the information, you're going to need your memory stimulated so you can download everything in that prefrontal cortex. You want to make sure that hippocampus area of your brain that regulates mood, memory, and learning is fully functional and tapped in. Therefore, you want to tap into Goldwater. They have Smart Moss, Sports Moss, Vitamin C Moss, Colloidal Silver. They have just about everything that you, your child, and your whole entire family needs to stimulate your brain and your body and to make sure that your immune system is functioning. Before you tap into this great high-level conversation, listen to this song by Tezu Kulando called Goldwater. Peace family is 19 Keys, and this is High Level Conversations. This is a special episode between me and the good God, Derek Grace. Please pay close attention to this conversation, pull out your notebooks, take plenty of notes, and pass this along to someone else. There's so many gems being dropped in this episode. Tap in. What's going on, bro? <laughs> What's up, bro? Man, blessings and opportunities, man. Listen, man, first of all, I just want to thank you uh, for showing up on time, man, keeping your word and everything. And uh, I actually don't see you going live with many people. I don't see you going live with anybody at all. So, you know, I'm appreciative nah, that you're here and you showed yeah, up, man. <laughs> I don't even going to lie with people at all. <laughs> you know, I was, just, I was just warming up my coffee. I was like... When I'm, I'm opening this up, I'm like, I'm gonna say, I thank you for that. And I'm like, wait a minute, he really don't go live with nobody at all. You know what I'm saying? No problem, bro. Yeah, so uh, thank you for being here, man. And it's some uh, perfect time for your type of leadership. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I was looking at some of your videos. I prepped for this interview, man. I ain't never prepped for an interview, man. You know what I'm talking about? I got you. And, yeah, and, yeah, for sure. And I was looking. <laughs> I was looking. And some of the videos that stem back to like 2013, 2014, you're talking about ownership and equity um, and things of that nature. And it's spot on and it's right on time because, you know, regardless of there's ups or downs, you were talking about things that are, you know, essential that people need to switch their mindset up. And I look at the growth from when you started to where you are. And the timeline shows somebody who's not just talking it, but utilizing the shit that they're talking about in real time. You know? Absolutely. Appreciate it. Yeah. So um, I got a couple of questions here. Uh, We're going to start it off like this. Um, You know, this is the... <laughs> hey, listen, man. This is a real interview, man. <laughs> this is a real interview. We got to take this serious, man. The people... Look, they've been here bugging me all day long, man. When great song, when this... So I'm like, we here. I got man. you, bro. All right, so what drives your love for family business? Uh, 
bro, I, I never want my children to deal with none of the adversity I dealt with in the workplace. See, like, what a lot of people don't know is I was a uh, I was a dispatcher for four years. Yeah. You feel me? Like based on the, based on traditionalism and the way we was raised, you know, like that was like the idea. Like like niggas was like you made it type of job because I had that job. And I and I tell people all the time, we're like a lot of times you don't understand how much power these entities have over you, so they actually take it. Mm. And bro, like I remember working there, being on my high horse, having like a government job, and just like hell yeah, man, I'm 18, I'm doing my thing, yada yada yada. And by the time I was 22, they had found a way to get me up out of that. And I realized at that point, like, people don't really realize, like, how much power you give these entities until, like, you need a grain of rice. Yeah. You feel me? You need socks on your feet because it's a real winner. Or the quality of food you're able to purchase. All those things are based off of a stranger feeling like you worked it or you or you, you earned that shit. You feel me? So the biggest thing for me was putting my children in a position where, like, they call the shots. And, and I truly believe... uh. I truly believe in nepotism, you know, mm. hiring your family, putting your family in position. So, bro, bro, to be honest, it really, I, I give I give them not not all the credit because they ain't create my work ethic, but in terms of giving me a great example of how not to let a motherfucker control your life, that's the best thing they ever did for me was to get rid of me. And then I started realizing, bro, I, I seen, I learned how to chain the command work. I learned how nepotism work. I learned how, like, if you associate or related to the right people, Shit, you can get away with murder, bro. Right. Even, even like to, even down to when I had my shooting and the way that law enforcement handled my shooting based on who my pops is. I, I really started studying the wolves at that point. It was just like, shit, we, I ain't really mad at the wolves. I'm trying to figure out how they got in a position of power and how they maneuver and finesse the game like they did to put everybody else in a position of power. You, you, you know, that's, that's, that's raw because I think that that's where we're similar in the way we think. Instead of like... Right. Just looking at things from a, a standpoint of insecurity and complaining about them, you saying, "Wait a minute, they leaving us a blueprint. If it worked for them, it worked for us. All I got to do is adjust my position in the market, and I can win the same way that they do." And so that's 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 always been my thing. Like, why the fuck is y'all complaining about people who showing you how to win? You understand me? You're like, bro, that's the biggest thing. Like, they don't they don't really be getting like, bro, emotions don't really move shit. None. So you got. You, you got to get out your bag, especially in America. If you in your bag, you never going to get shit done. This 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 a crazy-ass country. They do nut shit every day. So if you in your bag, you're going to find yourself in a stagnant position because you're just in your feelings. The best thing you could do is really, like, start peeping how the woods play. Like, that's what I say, bro. People be on my ass when I brought own four Donald Trump books. And people be on my ass when I say, like, hey... <laughs> You know, like, I know bro a bozo. I agree with you a thousand percent. But we're not going to sit up here and act like he don't pardon all his dogs. He don't make sure everybody stay out right. of jail. We're not going to act like he won't lie to the federal government with a straight face and nothing happened to him. We're not going to act like he ain't already making plays right now to make sure everybody's super rich. He's shooting for a re-election. And to me, bro, to me, he that wild of a dude. Like, he'll pull some more national state of emergency shit just so he could force the presidency and he gonna get more of his niggas out of jail. He he gonna make more laws that benefit them. He right. Keep cutting taxes. Then he gonna make sure him and his homies is good to go. Because you know that that's what I would do. Bro, it, bro, bro. I told somebody like last week. I I said, bro, the only reason y'all mad at Trump is because y'all can't flex like he do. Because if you was in the same position, would you not pardon your brothers? Yeah. Would, would, would you not put all your people in an advantageous position? 
you know, I ain't mad at him, bro. I really be studying. Most of it is that we mad that Obama didn't do those kind of moves. It's really what we mad at. Like we wanted him to do some bold black president type shit. But of course, you know, he he first brought getting in there. He wasn't gonna do that. We that's all. Like we wanted him to go in there and pardon all the gangsters, all the leaders. Yeah, you know I mean, throw us some ones, change some bills up that benefit us, and we didn't get to see that. And then, like, poor white America voted Donald Trump so he can do the type of shit he's doing, but Trump really just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm fucking with me and my niggas, though, but thanks for the vote. But I talk to y'all right, as exactly. if it benefits you, though. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I, I look at the new America, man, as becoming more highly efficient, one-world capitalist system that discards all non-essential personnel. And right. a lot of people really figuring out, like, yo, I am non-essential to this whole thing to work out. Like, the rich go still be rich with or without you. You just, They just Absolutely. use your energy and time as you trade that in so that they can make money off you as a commodity. Right. <laughs> but, right. But, but right now, uh, more importantly than that, though, the people are realizing, like, who's essential leadership? Like, they can't go to their favorite rapper and get some guidance on what to do during this time. He don't know. You know, they, they, they can't go to a day celebrity that they be watching uh, um, all of the time to be like, yo, what do we do? They ghosted your ass. You know what I mean? But exactly. they financial advisors hitting their ass and telling them where to put the money, but they not going to come and give you that type of game. Yeah, bro. They're they, they not, they not coming to social media be like, hey, so this how y'all... Bro, trust me. I, I know with some entertainers some cash out on them stocks who knew what the play was. They just... Fuck, fuck. Hey, fuck. I'm going to come tell y'all for it so y'all can be rich as me. I'm never doing that. I'm going right. to this shit to myself. Right. So, so pe- the, the the goal of, of, of most of the people you look up to is not to establish you as a peer. It's so that you can continue to look up to them, which means you have to stay down in order to look up to someone, you know, instead Absolutely. of just be on the side by side. Um, but I wanted, to, I wanted to take it in a different direction before we dive into the future of America, AI, different things of that nature, because you've been dropping bars on the people and preparing them for the future that exists in the present. But I was watching one of your interviews and you was talking about proximity dating. And you said you used to have up a trust wall. <laughs> See, I told I was doing my homework. <laughs> I was doing my homework. I say, so I you, you, you said you used to have a trust wall and not let people in. How did you get over that to where now you got you a bay? How you let that invisible wall down, brother? Let us know. This is like, hey, I'm gonna tell you the equivalent between. You having your bay right now, it's like Sierra in her prayer to get Russell Wilson. The people want to know. <laughs> all right, bro. So, look. Just in a nutshell, all the... All right. You, bro, you know I have three different moms for, for the five of my children, right? Mm-hmm. So, mom, mom number one, I've known since I was four. Mom number two, I've known since 14. And mom number three, I've known since Damn. I was nine. So I always had this illusion in my head that if you have history with somebody, they won't mishandle you. They won't fuck you over. They won't mistreat you. Like they're gonna like like basically you could trust them down the road. Is how I is how I always program myself to believe. But bro, to be honest, like it really was a security blanket because I basically used that as my excuse to like not take any outside women I ever dealt ever dealt with serious. And I basically like used my Bro, bro, that 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 was my excuse to misuse them, right. and that was also my excuse to, to to never be receptive to what they was truly trying to give me. Because I was like, "Well, shit, we ain't got history, so I can't I can't take you that serious." Mm. But bro, at a, at, a, at a certain point, you'll begin to realize that like 
That's why I say, bro, proximity dating is a real thing. It's a lot of people who stay within certain confines just so they can get a similar result because they're actually afraid to go get a real result. They're actually afraid to go get something, to go get some shit that generally benefit them. They're actually afraid to, like, find somebody that fuck around and make them vulnerable and happy and be like, damn, I think I want to actually love somebody. Right. So, so you just... Like, you may sleep with other women. You may fuck off. Because I was doing all that. You may have women all across the nation, different states, different area codes. But you'll never allow them to have the, like, the most deepest and inner parts of you because you only want to tie to people you had a great deal of history with because it feels safe. But, bro, for the most part, after doing that shit for, like, three or four years, I just came to the realization that, like, I was in my own way. And at that point, I had to, like, I had to open myself up and make myself receptive to, you know, other things and other people. other Because right. there's something else that happened with proximity day. You will keep getting the same result, and then you just, one day you got to be honest and look in the mirror and be like, bro, you frequent the same Walmart. You frequent the same dealership. You frequent the same bank. You you don't even step out of, physically step out of your comfort zone. So how in the hell are you going to run into something that's going to bring you a different result? You, you intentionally subject yourself to a demographic of people because it just feels safe because right. you've known it forever. Right. But, bro, I took... I took like 2018 and, um, you know, bro, just being real with you, right? And ladies, this is why I be saying, like, you, ladies, especially, you got to invest in yourself. But, nah, bro, she first hit me up to get the corner of the corporate curriculum and the in-home bank and board. Hey. And, bro, it, it was, hey, hey, you know my motto, man. The best way to flirt with an entrepreneur is with a receipt. <laughs> That's the best way to flirt. Hey, so she hit me for that at first. It wasn't I, I, I just remember going on the page. Because, bro, she, bro, I'm telling you, too, like, shit was crazy, right? Because, bro, just keeping it in the butt with you. Most times when I see women that I'm a, I'm a, that I, like, see potential in, it's just being real. The first thing I'm thinking is, like, damn, I'll fuck her. That used to be my first thought, right? Yeah. But when I seen her, bro, it was different. No lie, bro. I seen her, and I was just like, damn, who is that? And I was like, damn, she looked different. Like, she looked like... She probably weird like me, bro. That was my first thought, right? But then I just left it alone because I, I like, bro, I'm super busy. I'm still scheming. I still got 10 women right. like, all over the nation. So I'm like, whatever. But bro, I remember telling myself, like, I, I'm going to get back to that situation. But I, we just left it alone. So, bro, she had DM me a couple more times after that just about, like, you know, educational related shit. Yeah. And then, bro, she's like, scheming too. She <laughs> Uh-huh. And one day, bro, she put she put a post up about, like, always being the third wheel. And I'm like, fuck, because, like, bro, what a lot of people don't know about me is I'm shy, bro. I, she the second woman I'd ever hollered at in my life. Like, I'm just, I'm not the outgoing type that's just going to pull up on me, like, what's your name number? Like, nah, I, I got other ways. So when she put the post up in her DM, I was like, damn, okay, that's my entry right there. Shit, let me shoot my shot. Yeah. <laughs> bro, I just, hey, I shot my shot. It was like, shit, you could be my date next time I'm in Atlanta. And... Bro, she replied and was like, okay. I shot her the number. And then, bro, you know, uh, little razzle-dazzle, I dropped the slab, and it was a wrap, bro. Actually, after that, it was over. <laughs> I sealed the deal. <laughs> I sealed the deal. Yeah, okay. And, and for where? It, it, it's been golden every since thus far, man. And, and, bro, no lie, right? All the qualities that I that I thought I want, or that I actually did want from, all, from having them 10 women, no lie, bro. Like it's it's some wild shit, but I found it in one individual. So like, bro, I I, I look at dating and relationships and love and all that totally different. Cause 
a nigga would spread himself thin. Like, bro, I had a little baby in Philly, New Orleans, like all over the place. Yeah. Probably like six different states. I had something steady. Damn, I couldn't even I believe flying. that. Yeah, hey, bro, look, I had something steady <laughs> in like six different states that I was flying in and out on a weekly basis. And then I had something in the city where I live, but nah, bro, like, I done, you know. I got that shit wrapped in the one at this point, so yeah. Yeah, no, congratulations, man. It's funny because, um, you know, going to that next level as a man definitely requires a woman. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, I would say that there's there's times that a person can look at it as a luxury, but you know, we in, we in some treacherous times right now, and it's definitely a necessity. Right. Like it ain't even Absolutely. something you can even kind of bullshit on right now. Like I wouldn't say like scramble and just go out there and try to find it real quick, but really try to put out that beacon of where y'all find each other a little faster. You understand me? Because the quicker y'all can come together, the quicker y'all can start building y'all y'all empire. And it's going to require you a partner through this time. Like, shit get rough and as it bro. shake out, you're going to need somebody to balance you. And, <laughs> and bro, bro, you 100% right by that. Like, I tell people all the time, right? They can see my level of success or the money or how, how I can create or kick information at a certain level. But they don't be understanding, bro, like the woman I'm dealing with she she has to take the brute of a lot of that pressure because when I when I log off the gram or I log off a court so I'm not out teaching, like this is who I come home to, feel me? So all, all that unsettled trauma or yeah. stress or energy, she have to sort all that out, you feel me? So people don't even people don't even be knowing, bro, like how more dangerous you gonna be when you got an adequate partner, you mm. feel me? Like. People don't know, like, and, and bro, it's a beautiful feeling. Salute to anybody who have it, but it's a beautiful feeling to have somebody that makes you eager to want to get your ass up and go work. Right. You feel me? Like, they they, 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 handle, they handle you with a certain set of gloves that make you want to go grind, that, that make you just want to make shit happen. Or, bro, like, I have some nights where I go to bed like a kid on the first day of school, like, eager for the next day, because I know, like, she had already gave me that look before she went to bed that she finna cut up in the morning before I even get out to bed. You feel me? So... Just having that type of energy, that should have helped you go real far because that person basically rejuvenated you on a daily basis, which in turn helped you to get up and go, and go teach and rejuvenate all these strangers that's counting on you to give them some game or teach them some information. And, and, and that shit is basically allowing you to tap into that divine intelligence, you know what I mean, and, and have it balanced. And, that's just, and I say that for this point because, shit, we're going to need that because we literally in a fight against artificial intelligence in many different ways. So right. it's like you don't you don't want to fight that by yourself. <laughs> like you're not gonna wanna fight like look, you gotta think of it like this, right? If they collect the data points on everybody, so they know your individual, you know what I mean, data. But together, they ain't fucking with y'all as a couple though. You understand me? Absolutely. They might know her individual data. They might know your yours, but when y'all get together Y'all start to evolve each other, and that's that. That's much harder to be able to calculate that risk. You understand me, and and how right. dangerous y'all are to society, especially the amount of value that you can produce and how much more essential y'all become. You know what I mean? So, um, but speaking on artificial intelligence, man, and five G, and all these other things that people worried about, man, how worried about are you and your family against these entities that's that's coming up? Uh, bro, I. I have like the slightest bit of worry for a couple of reasons that like, and I want to say this too, because so many people think to be equipped or to, or to be ready for the time that's to come, you got to have money. Do, do you need some money in this democracy? Fucking right. But you don't got to have money. You could be sharpening your eye on education. But for me, bro, like I've sharpened my mind on the education side of artificial intelligence and I got my bag in order. 
and, 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 and we already taking steps to make sure that we actually own a robot before that craze even hit. Mm. Like, I don't, I'm, bro, I don't, I don't know if everybody oh, shared this. Say that again. He said, own a robot. Yeah, bro, I, I was out in Houston when I ran into, like, the first robot that I ever seen in person that's functionally moving around talking and can carry out duties. But, bro, since then, it piqued my interest. And my goal is to, like, have me one in my warehouse where we shipping all that product before the year over with. So, for me, bro, like, to me, the, the, the way I'm going to get the head start is, number one, I educated myself on it. Number two, the people that I love the most and I care about, I put them in a position where they're independent. So I don't really have to worry about none of them calling me even right now or then being sad like, oh, shit, bro, I just lost my job. What am I going to do? You feel me? Then, bro, number three, I'm trying to get ahead of the curve and have a robot running around, not running around, literally, but moving around the crib or actually getting a head start on how they function. And then, like, bro, just one other thing outside of that is, again, y'all, invest in the knowledge about AI, but if you got a, if, if you got a bag or you get any extra money, allocate your money into that field, like, I know y'all see the market fluctuating now, but I tell you that motherfucker going boom when AI get here because every entrepreneur, every restaurant, every corporation, everybody going to try to get their hands and had the best fucking robot out, bro. And I'm trying to be dead right. in front of that race a year earlier. I already got my, already figuring it out. And, 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 and you know, that same thing goes with 5G. It's like, yeah, you can spend time worrying about something or you can spend time preparing for it. You understand me? And those are two different things because up until that point when it comes, there's one person that worried about it the whole time. The other person prepared right. for it the whole time. <laughs> right. So this person that's prepared, they in a much different situation than you are. And that's where we're at right now is that last year at the top of the year, I said, look, 2020 not going to be your year if you don't build something in 2019. You understand me? Because you ain't going to have the keys because this not really like a let me start from scratch year. This is like let me take what I've been building in an advanced year. You understand me? And this ain't one of them years. Bro, you took the words out of my mouth. I told, I had a conversation about with, on live about that yesterday, and I was like, look, I'm not here to scare nobody. I ain't trying to discourage you. But it's kind of not to get, get my shit together time. It's kind of like, oh, you only going to survive because you had your shit together. And, bro, that's why I be telling people all the time, like, bro, I don't know they think I be saying shit because it just sounds cute. They, when I say it's casualties of every war, I really mean that. And I don't mean like necessarily we're going to be outside throwing spears and shooting each other. What I mean is that this this current era that America is shifting and going through, some people are going to get swallowed in this. And the unfortunate part, bro, is it's going to take some people 10 years to, to fix some shit that took them six months to fuck up. And that's because that's because of a lack of preparation. And bro, I tell people all the time, like, ask your old heads, what, what decision in their life got them in a rut that they ain't even now as an old head. I guarantee most of them it was 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. It was some shit that happened at 25 and at 62. Bro is still trying to figure out, get his life in order. Like, damn, what happened 40 years ago? You you, you know, you coming up on um, the anniversary of your first business, man, April 6th. Um, yeah, yeah. What, are, what are some of the things you've learned since you got in business that when you first started, and then up until now, like, what was the mindset, like, the biggest mindset shift that really kind of kicked it in gear for you to start being more successful? Bro, the, the, the biggest mind shift, the biggest one, bro, uh, Nip said to get rid of the middleman and make sure we own everything, bro, because initially, I had all my literature uploaded to Amazon. That's actually how I became a number one selling author through Amazon. 
But, bro, once I got that accolade, I snatched all my shit down, took the ISBN numbers off. So, you like, bro, I, I set it up to where people only could find my book through me. Mm. So, basically, I went back through, erased all the ISBNs off my books, and started selling the books independently from my own platform. Like, God's Must Man Volume 1 is a book that made me a number one selling author. That thing got, like, 33,000 units sold since 2016. Granted, do 33,000 sound like a whole lot? Maybe not, but when the book ranging anywhere from twenty five to fifty dollars, that's like right. that's a nice another stream of income. We yeah. got four other books, seven other curriculums, a board game, other things going on. But and when that book come out, bro, that came out June eighth, two thousand sixteen, on my daughter's birthday, on Derek's birthday. And you still getting sales from that, huh? That monthly. Oh yeah, for sure, bro. Bro, bro it's still the best selling book I ever wrote. Four years later. So, bro, like the biggest thing I ever did was X out the middleman, put all. Start well. Well, I always put my own money up, but outside of that, bro, the bet one of the best things I ever did was I started assessing what entities I was relying on, mm. and then from that point on, I said, "Hey, let let's make a list of who we're relying on, and within the next two years, let's figure out how to no longer be relying on them." You feel me? So like, I know how to make my own ebooks now. I know how to build my own websites. I know a little bit about coding because I had to teach myself that shit back like five six years ago, but. The biggest entity, bro, bro, to be real, at this point, I can really do everything for myself except graphic work. It's going to look like some cutout out of out of coloring book shit. But other than that, bro, anything outside of that, I could do myself. My connections in China, I built myself. It's, 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 it's no middleman. It's no corporation involved down to my team in Spain who making a video game. These are all direct connections, bro. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we can actually put under our belt is being able to get to the source by ourselves. Yeah. So many of us are pitched. So many of us are pigeon held because the person above us may not really want to see us prosper, may not want to see us shoot past them. But when you nurture them relationships and you, and you put your own bread up, at that point, bro, you you directly connected. Yeah, I think you, you, you said a lot there because the person that's in between you from going to that next level, you don't even know whether they start from your progress or not. You know what I'm saying? Because And I've been, and I've been there. I've yeah. been there before. Cause you could be growing so rapidly, and they like, nah, let me let me slow him down, cause eventually he about to outgrow the pace that I can control him, right? So you gotta audit all the connections that you attach to to even know that they got your best interest at heart, and your best interest is really expanding and growing as much as you possibly can, as fast as you much as you can, and how much you can control and manage that at the same time. But right. let let's talk about right now. There's a lot of people who didn't do risk assessment. You understand me on a business. And a business right now during the time is failing. And it can be two parts to that. It can be a company that was selling tissue uh, a month ago and now they've been booming. But the problem is, is they're getting more orders than they can take in because they didn't create an expansion plan. And then it's the other business <laughs> that that weren't prepared for this at all. And they thought that that stream of income was just going to be enough for them. And they ain't have no something in the savings, no nothing. And they got to fire everybody. Well, how do you go about, you know, for one... Um, making sure that you have things in place that things pop off that you can boom or if something goes wrong then you can still have leverage to continue to move bro that's a good question all right so number one that first example you gave with that rush coming and not being ready bro you know you know i know all about that that's what happened to me with the board games when they originally came out salute to everybody that got one i'm not gonna lie it was a learning lesson. It was a big fucking headache. I lost a whole lot of money. Mm. But what I did learn is, like, you be very mindful about what you ask for. Bro, I remember making that board game. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, I'm, this is my million-dollar idea right now. And then literally, bro, like, don't get me wrong, in a year and a half, 
it's done netted about three million dollars. Mm, but, but, but I'm real enough. But look, I'm real enough to say though, because like you just said, that wave coming, you're not ready. I easily lost like probably a quarter million of that easily because mm. shit, yeah, bro, shit. You know you and you ask for it, and then that motherfucker, yeah, shot probably go. You like, oh wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you feel me? So, um, that's number one, bro. I totally, bro. I empathize with anybody in that situation because it can get dangerous. Like, like, like you said, bro, with the toilet tissue company, like they booming right now, and a lot of them weren't ready for the boom. So they got the opportunity to advance to a million dollar entity. But they don't even have the inventory. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like that's exactly what happened with me. And then secondly, bro, like your other example in terms of like, so right now I have eight employees, and then I got, I got six people who I subcontract in Spain who are working on a video game. But like real, like genuine, natural year-round employees, I have eight of them. But bro, like my biggest thing is just making sure I have funds allocated to the side four times like this. And then secondly, bro, like just being honest, I've hired all, everybody that worked for me as a relative. So, my personal opinion, bro, when when the group, like, when it's a group interest, it's a different level of work, and it's a different level of understanding if, if or when things go wrong. What that means is, if you feeding the family, and y'all eating as a collective, and everybody know, like, hey, bro, the easier we make the job, the easier he's going to take us to the promised land. Then if I fall short somewhere, nine times out of ten, my little brother, which really worked, my both my little brothers, Gonna understand, like, bro, this is a group interest. Like, we're not gonna give up on D because we're going through hard times because shit a little messed up. We're gonna stick in it because it's a vested interest right. as a great family. We know every time he advanced, he gonna come back to make sure we advance, bro. And then, bro, just to give you one more example, and I, not to take forever to answer this question, right? But I'm glad you asked that. So, bro, I've been on people ask about having passive streams of income. And I spoke about this this morning on my live. I'm gonna share it again. So, bro, I checked my mail this morning, and I had a royalty check in the mail. Now, granted, I have five books, and I have seven or eight curriculums, right? So, bro, and I, I'll show the amount, too. This royalty check is for $207, y'all. And this is passive income. Nobody, No human alive can say, Derek, to, Derek posted a video and told me, hey, go buy his digital products. I don't. I don't market them. Y'all don't even know what website this comes from. I don't, I don't say these. I don't give these people no free promotion at all. But my point is this, bro. So if we working with 11 to 12 products, right? And, and remember, this check only 207. But the highest check I ever got was 509. But we're we going to go with the middle average number. So, bro, if, if we're going with $250 per, per body of work times 11, that's 2750 a month. If you times that by 12, that puts you at 33 grand. Mm. So the only point I'm making, bro, and why people worry and tripping out right now is just a lack of preparation. But, bro, like... My car cost me four fifty a month, so that's paid for uh, some some books I wrote in two thousand sixteen. My house, my mortgage is a thousand dollars a month, so that's paid for for the year off some books I wrote in two thousand sixteen. My cell phone five hundred dollars for six lines, that's paid for for the year off some shit that I wrote in two thousand sixteen. So, bro, that's why I be when people ask about having passive streams of income, about planting seeds, and bro, like so many people caught up in instant gratification. If they plant the seed and it don't blossom by 90 days, the motherfuckers give up. Like, bro, like, and no flex when I say this, but we still making money off some shit we wrote in 2015. I got a whole nother set of money that I go do shit like, that I'm gonna buy a piece of jewelry with. But that other money, I'm gonna make sure my necessities is paid for. So, to, to further answer your question, bro, with my team, I just make sure we keep those streams open. I make sure we allocate funds. And I'm very disciplined with my bread. Like, you know, Brady, ain't no haircuts, ain't no no. We just been in grind mode. Yeah. And I, look, bro, we, 
Bro, we've been getting to it, and we've been hiding. Now, I seen so, that yeah. facial mask you did. You know what I mean? Y'all getting some... <laughs> y'all still taking care of yourselves over there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, silly, bro. So, so, speaking on family business, man, because I always talk about the difference between family and relatives, and, and I talk about the struggle at a particular point in time where I was disappointed because I wanted family to support my business. And it's funny because that's what drove some of my you know, viral content at that time. But I said, right. if your perspective is not advancing over time, it's something flawed with your perspective. It's supposed to grow Absolutely. and you're supposed to be more successful become of it, because of it. Right. So I always say now, I'll give the analogy that if I'm working a job that's making me six figures, I don't expect none of my family members that love me or I expect them to love me to come in there and buy something from that job. Because right. they don't need to because I'm going to make my money regardless. And the right. same time, if I start a business... It just supports me and it's making me six figures. Why do I expect my family to come in there and buy from that business? Because that only supports me. So now my thought process was, all right, how do I change this and get the results that I want? That means that I need to create a business that supports my family as well. And it becomes reciprocal. So now I got inclusion and now we can work together. <laughs> and I think that's what most people are struggling with right now, especially entrepreneurs. The first thing you struggle with the most is like the lack of family and friend support. And that's because you right. got it wrong. Like they don't have to support you because they don't support them and you don't support other things that they got going on that don't support you. So we got to practice inclusion as a, as an entity and you watch your results change. No, bro, I agree 100%. So like, I'm going to tell everybody, right? Anybody that's seen my books, my curriculums, social media, everything. There's a method to my madness as to why I put my children on every product. If you look at every book and every curriculum I've ever, read, I've ever written, the whole key from day one was family business. The whole key was at home banking. The whole key was inclusion. We have packaged it. So if you're fucking with daddy, you got to fuck with my children. But, bro, what that allowed me to do is to build my children's likeness up so much in terms of relevance and education that I could quit right now, but Derrica still got enough relevance all around the world. Mm -hmm. She got enough views all around the world and enough intellectual property that she could start kicking out young young person curriculums, take off take, mm. take off where I left off and keep the business moving. So bro, like I totally get what you're saying. Like I retired my mama, but then I rehired her to be the nanny. Mm. And then me and my then me and my daddy went into business and started Grace Private Security. So bro, that that's been the goal since day one is how how can we all leverage our talents, put our money at one table, and make sure if, if we don't want a motherfucker to eat at the table, they not. The family going to eat at the table. We going to get super fat. And then we going to decide if we going to let some strangers in. But, bro, that's been the goal since day one. Like, push, hey, push, push the brand of your children every time you push yourself. So every time you see me, you got to see my youngest. You feel me? And, and then, like, outside of that, uh, you know, some people know, some people don't. But Derek is coming out with a four-foot-tall talking, blinking, action figure this year that come with an AR-15, a, a, a mirror, a home banking board game, amongst other things. But the point is this, is that I'm going to fund her doll idea. It's going to cost me roughly a quarter million dollars for China to get it done. Mm -hmm. But the agreement is, when she make her bread, she got to pay me back my quarter million, and she got to pay me back interest. But the beauty of it is, bro, is she's eight. She ain't got to wait till she's 18 to go in the bank and beg them motherfuckers to front her idea. And, bro, we all know at 18, ain't no bank finna give her a quarter million dollars to go, yeah, make a dog, little girl, come back. We right. trust you, nah. And then the beauty, the beauty of it is she gonna re-stimulate her daddy economy and she gonna learn 
the importance of debt and interest. It's shooting me like, bro, I owe my daddy a quarter million dollars. So every time, every time these deposits drop into the account, he pinching off what I owe him. And bro, that that's the same with that's the same with Chelsea. That's the same with my pops, bro. So my whole thing was, bro, if we ever get the door open, if we ever get the door open, everybody gonna run through this motherfucker. And bro, that that that's just been my motto since like. Kick, kick the door in, rush the house, and take everything you can. We'll figure out the rest later. No, nah, you know, um, and I and I always give credit anytime I talk about this. That time I was at your crib in the living room, and y'all was having your family meeting, and I was telling y'all I was about to have one with mine, and you was like, "Bro, right. come in, come in and watch this. This might help you when you go have your meeting with the fam." And right. so I did, and it was exactly as you had mentioned it. Like, they came around, they understood the necessity of, like, empowering you, allowing you to be in that balance so you can help everybody else eat. And that's the family exactly. CEO. I was just talking with Speck about that because I had mentioned that during his interview. And having that family CEO, and every family really, truly, you know, got a family CEO, the person that can really lead, that has those ideas. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But sometimes ego might not have let y'all to empower that person to actually get y'all in position. So can you give us some advice on how family can actually work together? Uh, bro, <clears throat> uh, how family can work together, bro. I, I think identifying everybody's strengths and weaknesses. And, bro, I think reassurance go a long way too, right? Uh, like, bro, I'm, I'm going to be real, right? So on Friday, we had about 1,400 packages to uh, to ship out. Mm. And I ain't gonna lie, bro. Like I haven't been hands on with shipping in a long time because I hired my brothers almost two years ago. Yeah, you feel me? So I bop up in that bitch. I got all black on, jewelry on. Like you know, I'm clean. Like I'm just coming here. Bro. <laughs> they like you nah, in there like Suge Knight working, man. <laughs> and, and and they like and they like nah, niggas like eight hundred packages over there, bro. I I done, I done got down in my socks. I'm on the floor Indian style, like I'm eight years old getting shit done. But bro, I think like. Even even as the head honcho, bro, uh, uh, and the captain of the ship, the way in which you speak to them and treat them go a long way too, bro. Because a lot of people would take that old CEO boss shit to the head, and then you go mistreating people, or you forget where you come from, so they tell you kiss their ass, and then you gotta humble yourself and do the job yourself. Right. So for me, bro, I definitely try to practice a level a, a level of relatability. I don't make nobody feel like they less than anybody else just because what they do is not as, is not as important. And then, bro, just just simply checking up on them on a consistent basis, saying, "Do y'all see anything that need to be changed?" Hey, y'all, cool. And I'm gonna be real too, bro. Like, I treat my brothers really well. Like, bro, when we be flying, it be 13 of us on flights. So, like, bro, I don't leave nobody behind. Mm. If like, everybody gonna eat on me. Everybody gonna have a nice Airbnb. We ain't putting nobody on it. Like, and and again, I'm not telling everybody to go be to go wine and dine, but I'm just saying in terms of priority. It's no way that you're walking around with some shit on like this, but your brother that helps run your business sleeping on the floor and you in the king size in the Airbnb. So by no means am I telling y'all to go fall out on Airbnb. Right. But bro, I just, bro, to be real, bro, I'm, I'm a real selfless dude. I'm sure people can see that because I get on social media and teach every day, like six times a day and don't owe nobody here nothing. But bro, I'm the same way with my family. So I just do my best, bro, to make everybody feel like equals. Be very clear about what everybody role and position is so there's no discrepancies. You don't get caught slipping because somebody didn't know they shouldn't handle that. And, bro, just make sure everybody in a good headspace. And, and and the working environment, that's so important, bro, that when people show up to wherever y'all at, it feel, it, it's high energy. It's a peaceful environment. It's calm. Like, bro, bro, bro I'm, I'm sure you've been there, bro. You done had a job that 
When you walk through the door, that bitch, you just got sad. I know I had. <laughs> Hell yeah. Bro, I, 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 I done had jobs. Like, bro, I was living. I was happy as a motherfucker. I walked the door. I was like, damn, I'm at this shit again. <laughs> hey, bro, you I was telling the story yesterday, right? It was, it was a time I was working as a security guard. And, and the manager at the time, you know, this this when they managers and shit, they feel like they bosses. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he coming in there smooth as shit, but he a square-ass dude. And I'm looking at him like he a square-ass dude, but his position make him feel cool as hell. So he walking in there, and he already know, like, he can already kind of tell I'm dissatisfied as hell. You know what I mean? But so he walk up there, and, and he walked past, he said, Jabril, we're going to offer you a raise. He said, dollar ten. And I looked at him, and like, like I was supposed to get happy over some shit like that. <laughs> so, so he walked to the back. You know what I mean? Like he just did something with his trench coat on and shit, walking past like he fly. So I thought to myself, like this nigga got me fucked up. He just offered me a dollar ten. Like who he think I am though? Like I'm supposed to be happy with that? So I hit him. I say, bro, look, you gotta find somebody else to finish this shift. I quit. Like I left. In them 30 yeah. minutes. Because I just reevaluated yeah. my time. Like, bro, I'm way more valuable than she. He really just told me that my time Absolutely. here was worth another dollar ten per hour. So right. you, you, a lot of people don't know they, they human capital. Like, what, what, your human capital is basically how, how much is your skills, your, your, your knowledge, you know what I mean, your assets worth out there on the market. And I just started assessing myself, and I knew that it was worth way more than they would ever pay me at this job. And so I ain't even have a parachute that I was jumping off this cliff from, but I shit, I'm gonna I'm gonna build one while I'm in the air. And so you right. know whether we was getting it out the mud at that time or whatever, I just couldn't stay there because I knew my worth, and not a lot not a lot of people would take that risk and be like fuck it because <laughs> I just felt like he disrespected me yeah. by by offering me a raise. That keep most people staying. Right, right. <laughs> so and bro, hey, you know what? Speaking of that, one other thing that made me think of bro is like. With my family, I think my family understand that I hired them out of love and not for necessity. So, bro, it's a different appreciation mm. because, like, my, my brothers could take off and I still pay them. And it ain't because it, it ain't it ain't all about the work. It's like, nigga, you my brother and I'm up. I ain't, I ain't saying I want to, you know, cradle you and you feel me make you a full-blown dependent baby. But know, know that I got you. You feel right. me? So, if you just take care of a little something for me, I'm gonna make sure I take care of a lot of you, and you ain't got nothing to worry about. Right, right. I think that's that's another place where we, you know, for a person especially who has something to where they can put their family to work to be productive, it's a super asset. You understand me? Um, but but that's why you gotta put them to work. Otherwise, you'll find yourself kind of being crutches for people just because that's part of your love system. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so, having a business to actually point people in that direction. Like, I want to take care of family anyway, but let me make sure that they growing while I'm taking care of them by them actually having to work too. You understand me? Yeah. And, and, and that's important as a leader to know, like, who you crutching, you understand me, and or who you building and keeping them productive. Because on your side, you will feel good about being able to help family. On their right. side, they might not have no growth while you growing. So I think that that's important. Absolutely, bro. Like, we actually made a pact in 2019 that at 35, none of them could work for me no more. So mm. at that point, basically, like, I'm 30. I'll be 31 in August. Everybody got four years to figure out independently what they want to do. I'm going to invest in them, and then everybody need to be a whole fucking big dog. I don't yeah. want to be the only big dog. Now, that's super solid. So right now, I know that we've been getting better as a team, you know, as fam, because the goals that we've mm. been setting, we've been hitting. You know what I mean? And it's right. been relatively easy because 
uh, I, I'm just I'm stepping in more into my own role to be like, all right, if if I'm gonna steer the vision of the ship, then I got to know how to be able to navigate this bitch, and not and from a point to where Absolutely. it's like I can't say we want to expand and not create a plan of expansion, and then send that out to everybody, right. have a meeting I don't feel like having, and then go over things that I know that's necessary. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, cause who the hell wants to have meetings? That's a very rare person that's like, all right, let's sit down and go over everything. Like, you hey, feel you did enough bro, just by coming up bro. with the plan, <laughs> bro. I be late to every meeting we have. I ain't gonna lie, I be I be finding that bitch like forty five minutes late just so I can get the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> but that should be so valuable, and I think that those those traits of leadership is important, yeah. and that's why I say, you know, the business revolutionaries are the most important. You a business revolutionary to me. It's not that you go stand out in the street and you go protest and boycott something. No, you go build and give people essential knowledge that they need in order to really raise that bar. From when we look at black and white family wealth gaps and we like, why the needle ain't moving? Well, you ain't teaching them no game. You understand me? It don't it don't move by you protesting the people and asking them to give you more freedom. It moves by you giving more getting more power and giving yourself more freedom. You understand me? So we ain't got to fight for equality when we got equity because the equity creates the equality in the first place. So I think the Absolutely. way we've been going about trying to move the needle is just we've been shooting at the wrong things. Speaking of shooting, man, that's a good segue. Well, I'm getting good at this stuff now, man. I think I'm going to start doing this interview and stuff more often. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of shooting, man, um, you, you taught your children, you know, um, how to utilize weaponry at a young age. Mm. What was the first thought that got you to spark into saying that, you know what, I'm going to put a gun in my daughter's hand. I'm going to put a gun in my son's hand. Uh, bro, the first thought was uh, I shot I shot two people in front of Derricka back in 2015. You feel me? So I felt at that point as a responsible father, it, it was my obligation to teach her about firearms and how to use it because I mean, shit, she had saw me use one. I, you know, I took her the time, like, an educated mind is far greater than a curious mind. So if you see your pop shoot somebody nine times out of ten, you're going to be like, well, damn. I know I know he called it a gun, but, shit, I finally seen how it worked. I might want to touch it at a later date, whatever the case is. And then, bro, I also realized, because it was my 25th birthday, I also realized at that point that, like, you know, bro, violence has no, uh, bro, it don't take no days off. You feel me? Like, and I, that was my birthday. Last thing I wanted to do was shoot somebody. I was, you know, shit, it's our birthday. We young, you know, we want to cut up. You feel me? We, we, we finna do some shit we ain't got no business doing. But I ended up having to shoot somebody with my child in the car as well. So, bro, I felt obligated at that point uh, to, to, to educate her. And, bro, like, you know, I grew up around firearms. Generate, you know, nothing to be proud of, bro, but I shot somebody. My pop shot somebody. His mama shot somebody. And her daddy shot somebody, bro. So, the last four generations of my family have had run-ins with gun violence. Shooters, so, okay. uh, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> it sounds like you got a family hey, of shooters. The way nah. you just broke that down, I'm just saying, brother. Nah, nah, bro. Hey, look, no, bro. We don't, we don't want no smoke. Yes, yeah, sir. No hey, yes, yeah, sir. Everybody on live, all y'all tougher than me. I don't want no problems at all. No, I don't want no smoke. But nah, bro. That's what made me say I got a teacher, and you know, it just. It, it, it manifested into what it was. Nah, you know, it's funny because most people don't know this about me, but one of the first bonding moments I ever had with my father, because uh, growing up, when we grew up in Oakland at the time, there was Muslims that carried guns. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like, they was crazy. You, you know what I mean? Like, the way it went down. But 
my father, he wasn't the type of person that's always endearing and showing affection. But it was one time we sitting in the living room and he called me and my younger brother in there and he was teaching us how to load a gun. And he was just taking it step by step, like load this bullet, this bullet. And the amount of patience he was showing in that moment, it was like one of the, it was weird because it was just like one of the first times where he really sit down and showed us something and it made us feel like he cared because it was about our protection. And so I always remembered that moment, like, damn, Pops don't never do shit like this. And he explained it articulately, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, he put the shotgun in the bed, like, anybody come through that door, blow their head off, and he was dead ass serious. So, you know, I, I can relate to that, you know, just growing up. Um, and that's why I can relate to many different things, because I am who I am, but I've been through many different things, so it's, it's, it's multidimensional. But, um... I got you. We got a couple of more minutes here, man, before we close out this live. And uh, I think it's already been solid for the people. But let's dive a little bit more into um, what people can do moving forward. Because, yeah, it caught a lot of people off guard. And they kind of, you know, they stuck in the shit right now trying to figure out how to wiggle a little bit. What's a plan or what's some of the things that you have that people can take advantage of to actually, you know, help them advance them and their family situation through these tough times? Uh, I mean, bro, like my, this, I say, I, I give you my top three things that I feel like, and, and this, this stuff I've been teaching on since day one, from the curriculum to the books, to the board game, to the post-Trump pack, excuse me, uh, number one, bro, anybody watching this, if something scares you, you serve yourself uh, best by educating yourself on it. If you are in fear of something, you educate yourself on it, you assess it, and you learn how to meet it where it's at. Uh, number two, bro, is inclusion. Invest in the people around you, your partner, whatever the case is, bro. Because for me, my goal has always been a team to have a team full of LeBrons. So I'm not going to put a, a, a pigeonhole on, on, on the game that I give my lady because I want my lady to be my equal or even stronger. Mm. And, bro, like, I'm, I'm a firm believer, like, if you got a team full of LeBrons and shit, you could never lose. Like, we don't do – I don't want no role players. I don't want somebody that be like, I kind of got my shit – no, nah, nigga, we all got our shit together. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a collective of individuals that, like, it's damn near possible for us to fall because we got four of the people around you that's going, that's, that's, that got an equal level of information, an equal level of resources, so we can keep everybody moving. And then, bro, outside of that, I, I would just say, and, bro, I'm, I'm not even necessarily say guns, but I'm saying, my personal opinion, America was built on entrepreneurship and violence. So, like, at this stage, you got your business in order. You, 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 you got a collective. But you do have to figure out how to protect how to protect those things that you've acquired. And I don't necessarily mean guns, but you gotta figure out, you know, how to legally protect yourself. You you got like bro, this is something I learned from you years ago, but you said every new level of life requires a new language. Mm-hmm. Bro, people people don't be having no idea what they be signing up for when they're walking into the bank. Mm-mm. They have no idea what they agree to when they get pulled over. They have no idea about how many illegal searches go on, how how many times they go in a courtroom. And agree to some shit that they really don't know what they're doing, bro. So I really feel like, uh, I'm sorry, investing in yourself is number one. Educating yourself is number two. And knowing how to properly protect yourself is number three. Because you got to understand, like, and this goes for anybody. Once you get the the education and you allocate the funds, you better know how to protect yourself. Because motherfuckers are going to come from every angle. And listen, it may be a motherfucker that look like you that may pull up on you. Or it may be a higher power law enforcement who, who try to jam you up or do some sour shit to you, bro. So those are the top three things I would urge everybody to do. And as always, man, practice inclusion. Like, stop thinking your child is stuck in the Google Gaga face. 
Stop. So, like, to me, bro, there is no ceiling on education. There, there, there's no ceiling on growth. A lot of people don't realize, like, y'all not raising children. Y'all raising young adults. So stop dumbing them down. Like, it might have took you to 25 to figure shit out. But your youngin may, may fuck around and be the next phenom at 10 because you're going to give them the game at an earlier date, bro. Right. And I see so many people that sleep on their children and, you feel me, they wonder why 18 is a struggle to get him to wake up and understand how real life works. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to unlearn and, and, and relearn. And, mm-hmm. and it says that at that same time, it's like if you teach your child the right program and never have to reprogram. You understand me? Absolutely. And, and a lot of people kind of let their child go through life willy-nilly and then one day they try to teach them some shit and their child, they for one, they already programmed to be against you because you ain't giving them the right tools <laughs> in the first right. place. So they done listening to your ass. You had your opportunity when you were supposed to be raising. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So they right. like, no, nah, you, you let the world raise me the wrong way, so now I'm going to go educate myself either through Google, YouTube, Derek Gray's 19 Keys. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put you on them because they giving me the game to teach you. So it's funny right. that, you know, there was a point in time where, or, or matter of fact, I want to go with this because I see one of my younger brothers on here, man. Um, and I want you to give, uh, if you can, some advice to somebody that's getting out of high school and they entering in this world. And like, they not like the adults that have their whole time to prepare for this shit. They're going into a new world with AI and all these new things. What sort of mentality should they have thinking about jobs or businesses or just the world, period? Bro, I would say this, if, if you're jumping fresh out, then you do have to get a job to maintain. Don't beat yourself up about it. You do exactly what you got to do. Like, my motto with the workplace is infiltrate, educate, and vacate. So, bro, if you're going to get a job, number one, get a job for information and not money. The information going to last you way longer. Intellectual property is your greatest tool. Money come and go, but the knowledge going to stay right up in here. Uh, number two, bro, is use these entities for what they're good for. And if you're going to get a job, get a job in the lane that you want to be in future-wise. So, bro, if you want to be an independent accountant, then, bro, it's going to be advantageous for you to get a job at a bank. And then you're going to learn the ways of a bank. You get all the money you can from the motherfuckers. And then you go ahead and make your exit strategy and you get up out of there. But, bro, for everybody, like, I want to be very clear. I don't feel like entrepreneurship is is like you got to be one to survive. But you have to have multiple streams of income. If you ever thought that was a game, America is showing you right now. Like, the workplace just showed a million and millions and millions of people last week. You are disposable. If shit get real, my nigga, I don't give a fuck about you and your family. We getting rid of you first. Absolutely. So look, you got to meet them with that same mentality. Uh, mentality. Handled in the same way. My nigga, look here. I'm just here to steal y'all information so I could be smarter later on. And I'm going to make all the money I can. And then I'm going to walk out on your ass before you can walk out on me, bro. And that's what I tell everybody. Just study the wolves, bro. Like, the wolves got the blueprint. They don't have integrity. So this is all we going to do. We're going to refinesse the wolves, mm-hmm. fuck them over at their own game, but we're going to maintain our integrity. And, bro, that's all I do. Like, I don't got no degrees or certifications. I just go steal information and game from people that have been oppressing us for a thousand years. And then I come back down here to my people and be like, hey, y'all, so look, this is how we can fuck the bank over. This this, right. this, this, this how we could. Yeah, bro, that, that's all I do. That's all I do. So, so essentially, right, when you look at uh, all around the world, right, those people that's been fucking us over for years. What they do is they take what we already built, learn that shit, destroy that shit, build that shit, and then be like, look what the fuck right. we did. <laughs> Make you forget that and be like, y'all niggas can't do this. Y'all niggas ain't shit. So Absolutely. What, they, what they do in their world now, because these motherfuckers are so egotistical, 
that they say, you know what, we're going to build this shit in front of y'all and leave the blueprint right next to y'all. And y'all not even going to read this. Y'all just go complain about what we built. So right. the way I look at it, it's the same thing. I can go look at um, the ADL. They were started in 1913. They, they put their whole chapter, their resources, the way, the way it works, everything that they do, it's right there on the internet. The LGBT, a lot of right. people complain about them. They created this task force. They show you everything they do. Their blueprint is there. Everybody right. leaves their blueprint around for the niggas who don't read. <laughs> so for me, it, it becomes that thing to where it'd be like, you complain about people's agenda only when you don't have your own. But when yours is working, you don't have time to complain about somebody else's success. They going to be complaining about your shit. So I would implore everybody to go steal the blueprints. Nah, bro, bro, to be real, like, that's that's been my biggest tool is I know how to assess shit for what it really is. And I've gotten a lot of people in higher up places that let their guard down and was able to trust me for one reason or another and taught me some shit that, like, made me 100000 made me a quarter million. I'm like, damn. Or, or like, bro, they just connect me with other people. Like, oh, man, that's Derek. He cool. Right. Not knowing, like, I don't have any ill will for them, but... Bro, I only came here to figure out how your family, four generations, is rich and mine ain't got nothing. Right. And and it should never be like that. You know what I mean? Like, we no longer have any excuses besides the ones that we make. And excuses are tools that build right. monuments and nothingness. So you see somebody on the street and they ain't got nothing, it's because they built it with excuses. <laughs> so it's, Absolutely. it's too much information, game, and knowledge out there coming from resources like yourself and other individuals that's, that, like... Even for somebody that's been following you, right? Let's say somebody been following you since you first started. If they haven't found themselves inclining and in a position, you understand me, similar to yours, they not really taking the leadership and guidance. They taking that shit as entertainment. Bro, I told somebody that the other day. I was like, look, you don't make your teacher proud by liking and commenting. You make your teacher proud by applying that shit and being like, bro, I killed these niggas last week. Look what I did. Right. That's how you really show a motherfucker you appreciate. I'm going to be telling motherfuckers, like, man, likes and comments don't do nothing for me. Like, I don't know if the post-Trump pack is is the shit unless y'all study it or read it. Right. And y'all like, oh, bro, it's the shit. But, bro, you right, though. It's, it's for entertainment. Some motherfuckers just want to get in the comments and call you the realest nigga, but won't, but won't apply none of that real shit that you're putting down. So, bro, and, and bro, that's why I say, like, it's not that I'm not sympathetic, bro. I'm just not big on excuses. Right. So my thing be like, you can remove me from the equation, bro. It's a gazillion other people. People, it ended right there. That was the live. I thought we had four more minutes. You understand me? We had over 6,000 people that was viewing it, and it was powerful, and I made sure I recorded it for you all that's on this podcast. This is 19 Keys with High Level Conversations, and that was Derek Grace, the in-home banking guy. Tap in. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.